Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is also on a Friday. There you go. Because it is, tonight is our Friday night preview show, kind of like we used to do in the in the good old bad old days of, uh, of ye old love sport, which uh, we love and miss. But there you go. Anyway, on tonight's show, I've got with me the absolute legend that is Mr. I, I think actually, you know, the fan cast, uh, the, the people's choice, really. The fan cast <laughs> favourite is Clayton Beer. Housewife's choice. Housewife's choice. <laughs> well, you never That's know. That's one for the kids. Well, it is really, isn't it? I think we do have a few housewives that listen, mate. So why not? Why not? I mean, how how ridiculous. I don't know if you heard like, on Monday's show, we, we, we had a, an email in from somebody... So somebody who said his sister had a crush on all of the all of the fan casters, which I'll be honest, most of us found highly amusing and far fetched. And then it actually ended up, well, who would they who would they be? And uh, it basically ended up that the uh, you know the uh, the pin up boys of the fan cast were all were basically Dean uh, and Dane. Yes, the, the well, I, I hate to say this, Clayton, but it kind of boiled down to those who had hair and those who didn't, apart from me. You know, because I'm I'm clearly fat and old, but I just happen to have hair. So you know. Yeah, well, you know, it happens. It, it happens. happens. I'm 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 okay with it. I'm I know. Fine. I'm, you know, I'm I feel you know comfortable in my own skin, as they say. Indeed. Well, um, so there we go. So it's me and Clayton, uh, me Stanford Chidge, him Clayton Beerman, and we are waiting for Jonathan Kidd. No idea what's happened to him, but uh, time waits for no man, let alone Jonathan Kidd. Now on the show tonight, obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, Chelsea's midweek game against uh, Rennes. Uh, we're also going to be picking up on anything that came out of the press conference today with Sir Frank of Lampard. Um, we, uh, I'm really looking forward to this, actually. We've got a lovely guy called Ben, who is uh, the Travelling Blade. He's a Sheffield United blogger. He's going to be talking to us all about uh, the match from the United perspective uh, in the opposition view. And then we'll wrap it all up by telling you what we all think of it. Uh, now, apart from that, a lovely warm welcome to all of our people in uh, in Mixler, of course, who uh, we we share share the airwaves with on a Monday night, and we also do on a Friday. So welcome, one and all. Right, first up, uh, Clayton. I was a bit yeah. I mean, the first news really about uh, the Ren match was was Kai Havertz getting COVID, um, which immediately. I mean, I just thought how bloody typical. You know, we were so good against Burnley with the four three three. And of course, in Krasnodar the week before, but you know the fundamental to that was Kante, Mount, and Havertz. I think, oh my God, then now they're going to have to change it because he's ill. And of course, they brought Jorginho on, which you know, to be honest, I kind of felt, um, you know, I thought, well, it's Ren, you know, it's hardly, a, it's hardly a mahusive problem, is it? But you know, it did fill me with a bit of disappointment at the start. But actually, I think really the first thing is we should feel some sorry and sympathy for uh, for Kai Havertz. Yeah, I was going to say you're sort of feeling sorry for yourself and <laughs> completely ignoring the fact uh, that apparently he did have some symptoms, which was uh, was quite worrying. Um, so, yeah, it, it was it was a disappointment because you think you know we we finally hit on a formula. Um, we played, as you say, fantastically well against Burnley, and you thought more of the same against Wren. And isn't it funny that that sort of that one change highlighted. Um, how much Havertz means to us um, already, even though I know a lot of people think he hasn't really hit his straps and doing this, that and the other. But I think, for me, um, it showed very much how stilted we became again because he wasn't there. Uh, yes. Um, I mean, you know, like, like I said, you know, 
the bottom line is we all know that the solution was was absolutely having Kante and uh, Mount and Havertz in that midfield, and I think that was proven. But I kind of I did think at the time, you know, I thought, well, hang on, you know, this is only Wren. Uh, we should be able to beat them. I thought that they were a pretty poor side. I mean, I thought if anything, they were they were basically just very very physical, and they tried to kick us, which they were quite successful at doing. Um, I mean, and this is the thing, isn't it? Actually, if you kind of have a wider debate on Jorginho, I mean. He clearly divides a lot of the the fan base. Uh, he's a bit of a marmite player, and you know, you know, most of us, me included, we're fairly sanguine about players. I mean, at the end of the day, they play for Chelsea. I love them all, but I think there are things that he can do, and there are things that he can't. But I think in a match like that, that was okay. You know, it would have been interesting to see had had Frank played uh, Kovacic. I mean, the other thing I thought about it, Clayton, was well, it's interesting, isn't it? Clearly, clearly, Frank rates him you know he got the armband as well for the match you know clearly frank frank sees something that we we perhaps don't well i i think you know we've we've said it a thousand times on on the fan cast and we'll say it a thousand times more we don't we don't see training we don't see the inside of the dressing room and we have no idea um about people's influence on fellow teammates etc um, Frank mentioned afterward, after the game when he was talking about the um, penalty taking and Jorginho apparently said to him, don't care who takes it as long as we score. Um, he's obviously a team person. He's obviously a decent chap um, and obviously he's popular in the squad. Um, and, and ultimately that is the most important thing. I mean, Frank, as you say, obviously rates him because he has played... I'd say he's played, he's played some minutes in, in virtually every game this season. Yes, he has, and uh, I think I think all of that that you said is is absolutely spot on. Um, moving on, um, you know, obviously, it. I mean, talking of Jorginho in a way, really, because it's ironic that we got uh, not one but two penalties in the match, and of course, you know, the week before, Jorginho had somewhat blotted his copybook uh, by hop, skip, and a miss, um, and then Timo Werner. Uh, won the penalty. I thought first penalty, absolutely. You know, he definitely... Nailed on. Yeah, yeah, nailed on, clipped him. Uh, put it away, lovely. Uh, and the second one, what did you think about the second one? Uh, well, I can't remember if you... Um, I basically tweeted after that was given. Um, of course, I want us to win, but that was ridiculous and football's gone. I just... There's no way... Uh, one, that was a penalty, or two, a sending off. I mean, of course you want to win. And if that happened against Liverpool or Spurs, I would have laughed my socks off. Um, but bottom line is, football's being killed by VAR. That was just atrocious, just absolutely atrocious. Um, yeah, it helps us. Um, and then going down to 10 men just killed the game. Um, dreadful, absolutely awful. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a very nice man, basically, Clayton, but we already know this. I mean, I laughed my cock off, actually, because I, I think we've been turned over. <laughs> we've been turned over by so many bad decisions in the past on penalties. I, I, thought, know. I thought, you know what, I'll bloody take it, mate. But having said that, I totally agree with you. What an absolutely farcical uh, decision. Now, we have a we have breaking news. A bit, I, I kind of feel the need for a CNN Chiron here, but uh, sadly, we don't have one. But uh, hello, Mr. Kidd. Good afternoon. 
Hello, it's great to be here on this, uh, the propitious day. So we're live from Philadelphia with Jonathan Kidd. How's the count going? Well, uh, he's not here at the moment. Oh, that kind of count. Oh. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. How are you, dear boy? You well? Sorry about that. My computer decided to update itself. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I thought, I don't know what to do. It's completely, I've, I'm stuck. All but right. I'm here now. Can I just mirror what um, Clayton said? Hello, Clayton. Love to see you. Hello, and, darling. I guess, sweetheart, it was uh, how completely ridiculous the decision was. And the poor <laughs> the poor player. I loved but, it, um, mate. And the, but the, the strutting idiocy. There, there we are complaining about the refs that we've got over here in the Premier League. He was very Germanic, wasn't he? He was, wasn't he? he was very, <laughs> there, was, there was like, did you, there was some, there were always terrible moments. There was a terrible moment where, where I, I just got the impression that he was, he, he enjoyed strutting. But, um, uh, be careful what you say there. You no, might, don't wonder. Don't whatever you do. Don't say goose stepping or anything like no, that. Or I right. never. I, no, no. He just did. There was a kind of a, 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 There didn't seem to be much once again connection with the linesman. You know, which is always my big thing. That why don't they work as a team? For goodness sake. But you know, the poor boy um, who'd already been been uh, been given the yellow card. Yeah, I agree. Vernus. I mean, he didn't do him. He stepped on his foot and tripped him. You know. But from one angle, the first penalty looked worse than it was when he thought when he looked at it in close up which is always a problem but which he stepped on his foot still a penalty but the second one hit him on the foot traveled up his leg and hit his arms the poor bloke well, he's he, almost he shouldn't have had his be, arms up no, mate he's not he's only doing that because he's trying to escape from the ball it's yeah. like as if a, as if a rat has got he's going huh, well, huh, you know that. what you know what i i no. i don't care it meant we went two nil no up no no i know and it, and it was basically game over um it was, it, it was absolutely game over with a wonderful goal made in Chelsea. Uh, well, actually, I, th- I mean, I know it was Rhys James who, who crossed it. Beautiful cross. Really Zy- good. Zayech passed, though, Chid. Really? Zy- well, hang on. No, I think, actually, it, this this was, I'm sure this was when Silver actually hoofed a long ball up to Rhys James Correct. on the right. Um, it was a Yeah, ball. yeah. I mean, so that bit wasn't made in Chelsea, but lovely to see Silver do that. But I thought I thought Tammy finished that beautifully. Really good to see him on the, on the score sheet, Clayton, wasn't it? Yeah, no, he's um, he's played really well last couple of games. Um, I was quite interested by the description of his performance against Burnley as a false number nine. It wasn't really. But, who who um, said that? I, th- I heard it. I've done, somebody called it like he played like a false number nine at Burnley because he was so deep and he was linking the play. Just good. Um, that's good modern striking play. I yeah, absolutely. He was holding the ball up in a way we haven't seen him before. Did you see that? He's obviously been learning from Giroud or someone. Yeah, I mean, I, my my son's been taking the mickey out of me because every time um, I, I was sort of, I, I think I mentioned last time I was on uh, the show when we played Sevilla, I thought it was absolutely calling out for Oli Giroud and, and on um, when we went 3-0 up uh, on Saturday, I thought, oh, come on, give Oli some time because he's, he's a great pro. Um, and I was glad to see him for the last 20 minutes, although he actually looked like he wanted to be anywhere but on the pitch. <laughs> I don't know. Just, I don't know. Well, we'll see. I just Listen. thought I had that nice, warm, quilted yeah. jacket yeah, it was, on. It was cold, wasn't it, actually? That's a good point. Anyway, look, I've got a couple of really great stats about Tammy's goal. Um, basically, that's the first time two Englishmen have combined for a Champions League goal for Chelsea at Stamford Bridge since March 2012 when Frank uh, Lampard passed to John Terry against Napoli. 
And uh, Tammy is the first English player to find the net in three straight starts for Chelsea in the Champions League since Frank Lampard in 2008. Those are quite interesting stats, aren't they? I kind of like the odd stat when they're like that. Um, Yeah, very good. Another great stat, of course, was our fifth clean sheet in a row, JK. Uh, The Mendy... Well, I mean, it's not just Mendy and Silva and, and Zuma that we should... Applaud, although I mean they are the they are the heart of the defence. I think we have to lump James Stroke Aspie and Chilwell into that as well. But fundamentally, it's uh, it's Mendy, Silver, and Zuma. They're really doing what we want them to do, which is to to form a lovely, stable defensive combination. I think, and I think there's a great deal of love for the for each other as well. They're all working so well together. There seems to be a great deal of of intimate hugging going on when they score like a bit of man love yeah there is a great well yeah and particularly zuma and silver i was interested to see how he was he was getting on on the man love stakes with zuma when zuma scored the other day at burnley but um there's a there's um um i just digress slightly the the scenes of mendy hugging his teammates were absolutely glorious wasn't it glorious glorious clayton i absolutely agree with you so lovely it was. What a sweet guy he clearly is. They absolutely loved him and he loves them. And I thought, you know, you know he, he's clearly a top top man on on many levels, which is uh, great for the team. And I, I, I tweeted earlier on this evening, I, I love the fact that we've got um, elite players again playing because it makes you realise the joy of watching the football team at the moment. There are joyous moments, I think. And I think the others are coming up, stepping up. I think... James is playing out of his skin and Chilwell, who apparently had a r- rubbish season last year and felt his, everything was falling apart a bit, is clearly a class act. And I apologise for having been doubtful of him. But he himself doubted himself at, um, at Leicester last year. But it, it, you can see how players come up to a different level if they're surrounded by top players. And it, the, the joy of watching one's team play well. Oh, it's just but in every area, defensively, if they're excellent. And Silva is a class act. My goodness me. What a what a what a guy. It was so simple with him. If you actually begin to understand a bit more about not that I have, you know, but as I've got older, I've understood a bit more about defending, just moving a few yards and, you know, blocking somebody off or knowing anticipating the ball or looking around for your teammates and playing excellent long long passes are joyous from Silva. So the fact you've got that going on around you, as well as everybody else can do that. Zayech is passing long passes. Are just going, and James, James and Chilwell's crosses are absolutely superb, and they're 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 emulating um, the the Liverpudlian fullbacks. Oh, I won't mention, so we don't do that joke again about um, Terence. No, Terrence. please go on, Terrence. please do it, Terence. Terence Trent. Why don't you stand? See, he had to go there. You cut your. It's no, compulsive. No, I, no, I, I was going. No. I, I, I egged him on because he did. I was egged. I was egged. I'm not on every week, and I do like to hear him say that. Yeah, but you're 100 percent right. I, I think the thing about Silver, which is absolutely fantastic, is his anticipation. Yeah. Just breathtaking. And but, I, I just, I think it highlights um, how long it's been since we've had a defender like that. The fact yeah. that we're sort yeah. of so infused by him, and it, and ultimately, it's basically since JT left. Because that's how JT played, certainly in his later years, was just being there, knowing where to be. It makes you realise the the, the kind of paucity of decent players we've had over the last few years. And suddenly you've got elite, top elite players playing 
and the joy of it. And you and as I say, it makes other players come up. You know, they just can't help but improve if they've got that kind of in, well, they want to learn. And Abraham is, is a perfect example. The last two games, he's, he's been much better. We've been playing out of his skin. And you think, all right, it's giving him, it's giving Frank an option. But as you say, I, I felt Giroud descended into one of the performances we saw from time to time um, a season and a half ago when he came on for 10 minutes and just looked a bit as if he was wearing um, uh, metal galoshes. You know, it, it was a kind of, you know, that kind of sort of... of well, he, I'm not he, quite keen on it. He did actually... I mean, I know he was offside. What a good goal. Yeah, Scored exactly. A good goal. And, I know, but I still... I still, you missed that one. You well, missed the one-on-one -on -one with the goal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna talk about Giroud in a minute actually, because he cropped up in yeah. in Frank's presser today. But before we do yeah. that, just to kind of wrap up on the Ren game, I mean, I thought it was a really professional Champions League performance. You know, three nil, good enough for me. They're now top of the group, uh, which is great. So I think, you know, one more win should really do it. Although obviously we want to win them all so that we finish top. Uh, and he also got the chance to give Chilwell, Canty, Tammy. Silver and Ziyech, uh, all a bit of a rest towards the end. So I, I think, you know, all very pleasing, really. Um, now, as I said a minute ago, I kind of mentioned that, uh, you know, we, we well, we normally get a journo on to, to report back on the uh, the press conference today, but I kind, I kind of screwed up, so apologies for that. But I did watch it myself. Um, I tell you what, I don't know if any of you saw it, um, but I have to say it, it was kind of like life imitating art imitating life because... It's all done, as we know, because we've spoken to both uh, Ollie and, and Liam recently about this. It's all done on Zoom. So poor old Frank sitting in the in the press room, I presume with uh, Richard uh, rather than Steve these days. But um, he's sitting in there on his own, really, in an empty room. And, of course, everybody's on a monitor, you know, doing their Zoom. And he looks really just grumpy and dissing. I mean, I'm not saying he was grumpy, but I, I think I feel his pain. It's It's such a an unsatisfying way to communicate with people normally you'd have a real vibe in the press room all the journos in there and you you know it's just a different atmosphere and he's having to deal with people's bloody zoom like the moose was on the on the line and his, and his wi-fi signal clearly kept on dropping out and i just thought i feel for you frank this is really not how it's supposed to be this is really unsatisfactory which is a lot like it is for us when we're doing you know most of our jobs on Zoom, but anyway, I digress. The bottom line is just to kind of give you the headlines. I mean, he talked, he gave us a bit of an injury update. Uh, he did talk a little bit about Reese James, Giroud, and Silver. We talked about the clean sheets, uh, the, the chaps being more vocal, particularly in defence and VAR, and of course, not underestimating Sheffield United. But to pick up on the first one, uh, Pulisic, um, now when we did the show on Monday. It, the, the news was that he was already kind of back and it didn't seem to be too serious, although we were very worried about the fact that he's made of glass. It seems that he's had another setback. Frank didn't really reveal much about it other than to say he's not available. So that's a bit of a, a worry, I think. Um, obviously, we know about Havertz. Um, you know, he's going to be out until he, until he's, you know, COVID-free. Uh, Kepa's, uh, Kepa's in the squad, so it sounds like his shoulder's uh, okay. Do we uh, care? Not really, no. I think poor old... I feel for him, really. This, I mean, Mendy, you know, whatever talk there is of Mendy maybe being a short-term fix, I, I mean, mate, if he keeps this up, I mean, I, he's the real deal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, completely. I, I can't... Clayton, what do you think? I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm I'm sold on Mendy. Looks really absolutely the... That save he made in the end, at the, at the the um in the dying minutes when they, they had that decent attack. Yeah, were a bit weaker. I thought was top notch. 
Well, I thought it was quite interesting because I, I, I'm not sure whether it was the commentary during this particular game or, or somebody else had said, um, he's looked really solid, he's looked really good, um, but he hasn't he hasn't made any sort of vital saves. And I thought, well, I think you'll find that the save he made in the last minute of Old Trafford was <laughs> pretty vital. Um, I, I think, and I've said this um, before, so apologies if it's uh, repeating myself, it's... One, he he does what a goalkeeper is supposed to do. So we we basically had two seasons where we haven't had that. So that that that's the first thing. Um, secondly, he just inspires confidence in everybody around him. So whereas before, when we had that absolute disaster of a goal against Southampton, because Zuma was panicking because he, you know, I I think the defenders just basically thought, well, if the ball gets past me, it's in the net. Because that's basically what happened. Now they basically think, well, if it does get past me, at least there's there's a very good chance that it's going to be saved by um, by Ed, Eddie. And you know, if he's, if he turns out to be as good as the last keeper called Eddie, I think we'll we'll do very well. But he does. I he's 28, isn't he? And I I think that that's a decent age for a keeper. And um, I I agree. It looked it was looked about a short term fix, but I I think no. I think this guy's a keeper. I mean, basically, at that age, um, injury-free, four or five years, definitely. I mean, you cannot argue at all with um, with his record. I think if if he keeps, I mean, he's he's already kind of equaled a record, I think. But if he break, if he if he gets another clean sheet uh, tomorrow. I think he he will have broken broken the record actually. So you know, I mean, if you start if you start your Chelsea career as a goalkeeper like that, even if you have a really really decent defence behind you, you've got to go blimey. But I mean, considering he's been fundamental with silver to fix a defence that looked like a, a Stone Age colander, then you know you've got to you've, you know you've got to like give him even more credit. And Frank Frank talked about that actually, and he and he and he recognised. Well, I mean, he, I think Frank's Frank is beginning to play a, a straighter and straighter and straighter bat in these presses. I really do. But you know, he acknowledged that it was actually all of the players that had made an improvement. And he's right. I think you know we 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 do say this on the show quite regularly. You can't just point the finger at the defence. The whole team has to defend. So, you know, I take that. What what he did say that I thought was really interesting was was talking about Silver and what an impact he's played. And I think Frank, like us, recognised what a superb player he is and, and, the, and the huge influence he's already had. But also, um, it was talked about the fact that, you know, he, he's learning English quite quickly and he's vocal. And that seems to have have really increased because of that influence which kind of taps into what I said at the beginning of the season when we bought him I said you know he is a leader he is somebody who will organize that defense and he will boss them around that's what we were so lacking and I think interestingly enough and Frank picked up on this in the presser the nadir of that was last season wasn't it JK against Sheffield United when we got got our asses handed to us 3-0 and they all went around like like mice they seemed incapable of uh tactically changing anything or dealing with what was going on I think they're looking back that was possibly the worst performance of the season I was for me really was absolutely frightful so uh, uh, but it shouldn't be the same uh, tomorrow just because they're not playing as well they don't seem to have their tact we're going to talk about this obviously their tactics as focused Um, 
and uh, and we're a much better side. And I think we're also a much better, I would hope, tactically, we're much better to be able to shift something if something isn't working, which appears to me to be what Frank has been, has shown a side of himself I'm very pleased about, which is to be able to, to change things around. I mean, there must be people absolutely livid with the fact that um, uh, within very few games, we've suddenly managed to get a watertight defence and keep the attack going. They must be hating it because everybody loves to say, oh, Chelsea have imploded again. No, they make decisions based on uh, after a couple of games rather than, which is probably because they're applying their own standards. Whereas in this instance, um, it's evolving into something very good indeed. Yeah, the signs are great, aren't they? Now, Frank also talked about Giroud um, and again, you know, talked about what a what a great character he has to, he is to have in the squad. That he's such a professional, you know, doesn't complain, uh, trains really hard. Um, you know, Frank said, "Look, you know, I get it. I, I I used to play. It's really hard. It's the hardest part of managing is to leave people out." Um, but I, I mean, you know, we all love him, don't we? We all absolutely love Giroud Clayton, and and I think a lot of it is down to that attitude. Um, but he's still got a role to play this season, I think. Oh, completely. Um, yeah, I think I think the the love has been there on and off. But I think what he did towards sort of the end of last season cemented it. Um, he 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 just. I think we mentioned it. I think he carried us over the line, didn't he? He yeah. he was he was partially hugely responsible for for us. Um, doing so well at the end of last season, which is why it's such a shame that this year he's just been sort of so sparingly used. It's quite interesting because I actually, just on the back of what Jonathan said, this, this season is, is is following the path of last season in many respects. We had that sort of on and off start and then we had the run and we're, we're on that run. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, you know... It, it, it goes back to what we've said and what we've missed for absolutely years. Two elite players for every position. And and I'd say we're almost there because I think the thing is that Havertz is on his own in, in what he does. But Wednesday showed that when he's not there, we perhaps haven't got that second person to, to come in. It's not um, Jorginho, not Jorginho, bless him. He no, out, he no. Got booked again, and uh, and and he is a he's a you know let's be honest he's a decent player but he's not he, if you're if you're upping the ante to a Havertz, he's not the replacement you can't really you know. sorry yeah. I interrupted you Clayton no 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 that that's fine I, I just wanted to go back um I I caught most of the presser but I I don't I wanted to ask you why did they get cut off towards the end of it i don't really understand i I, I think that's all the zoom nonsense and i think as i said earlier on i think it's highly unsatisfactory but i don't think there's going to be a resolution to that right we need to we need to wrap this bit up because we've got waiting in the wings uh our man for the opposition view who's a lad called ben uh who styles himself on twitter as at traveling blade and he's a massive sheffield united fan and blogger so we will see you in a minute Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com 
Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, part two, the preview show on a Friday with me, Stanford Chidge. Him over there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Him also over there, Mr. Clayton Beerman. And uh, now it is time for this. The Opposition View. Right, and this week, uh, of course, because we're playing Sheffield United tomorrow, we've got a Sheffield United fan, a uh, lad called Ben, who uh, is uh, on Twitter, at Travelling Blade, uh, a Sheffield United blogger. Isn't that right, Ben? Good <laughs> to see you. Yep, Travelling Blade. Thanks for having me on, guys. Ah, pleasure, mate. So how long have you been doing that? Uh, started back in, I think it was February 2018. Uh, it was Leicester away in an FA Cup, um, and I... So I, there was one or two other Sheffield United people on YouTube um, and I just thought I wanted to get more footage of the goals, not that we're scoring many at the minute, but I've managed to get some of our headline goals over the last few years on good camera footage. So that was my main aim and started making vlogs out of it as well and it's sort of grown into what it has at the minute. It's sort of stagnated over the last year, yeah. but, uh, you know, hoping for games. Hopefully, whenever we're allowed to back the game get, it, get the ball rolling again that's a good point ben actually i mean how are you bearing i mean we, we all hate not being able to go i mean we might be old gits but we do love meeting up <laughs> with the football and, and and going i mean you know not not all, i don't think all not all three of us and we're not away season ticket holders but we do like to go to the other way as well but we're all we're all home season ticket holders and it's killing us not being able to go i have to say i mean what's it like for you lot yeah it's um i think yeah, it's hard because it's you know it's obviously you enjoy watching your team <laughs> Um, but, you know, it's the social side more than anything, meeting people before the game, uh, having a pint with them before, meeting people after the game. You know, you get, um, I imagine it's similar, or it's the same at all clubs, but, you know, you get a real community of fans, especially if you uh, if you go to away games fairly regularly, you know, you see the same faces and it's a quite a tight-knit community and people that you only ever see at the game and you don't even know the name, but you talk to them yeah. all the time just about your club, so... It's the social side of it as well that you're uh, missing more than anything. But obviously just that feeling of watching your team score a goal live, it's, uh, you know, you can't really find it in anything else in life. So it's just missing that at the minute. Damn right. Did you did you manage to get down to the away match last year? I was very, very lucky. And yes, I did manage to uh, wrangle a ticket from somewhere. Yes, <laughs> some very kind Blades fan had a spare and they offered it to me. Um I wouldn't have had enough points usually, but I was very lucky to be offered a spare ticket yeah. and I was very glad that I was at that game. Yeah, I bet you enjoyed it. <laughs> very much. Uh, we won We won to all that day. It felt like we won. It was the biggest 100%, 100% correct. It felt like a loss. Oh, I, remember, I remember walking out of Stamford Bridge and all the Sheffield United fans were like, we were like rejoicing like we'd won the FA Cup yeah. and all the Chelsea fans were just heads down Take trying to head heads. out it, yeah, yeah 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 it felt like we'd won 4-0 it yeah. was amazing brilliant yeah. okay yeah. thankfully that's uh you know consigned to the dustbin of uh, of history now thankfully <laughs> ben but i do can remember I just, I, say, can I just say one of my favorite players when i was little was len badger <laughs> oh yeah 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 i think classic, it may have been it may have, it may have been because i like the fact that a player had the surname of an animal. It may have been that. You know, I was, <laughs> I was, I was that little. I think but, we, uh, we, we need to do it. We need to do the Chelsea fancast favorite team of, with the names of animals in it. At some stage. Animals, but not now, right. JK. Not, not, no, now. not that now. But can I just say as well, the other great player, of course, was Hodgkinson, was the goalkeeper. 
Yeah, um, Alan Hodgkinson, yeah, the uh, classic keeper. Yeah, yeah classic he, he, was it was it was it he in the uh, World Cup forty sixty-six? He was, he was yeah. indeed with uh, with Benetti. Yeah. But I, my favourite Sheffield United player was Tony Curry. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, 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 completely yeah. brilliant, brilliant. Player. He's regarded as our best player ever by yeah. most fans. Oh, is he? Is he? Yeah, a, a Londoner, of course. Well, anyway, enough you two. Yeah. I want to I want to I want to yeah. ask Ben some questions. That's why he's here. Um, about tomorrow, really, Ben. I mean, the first thing, I mean, it's been a tough start for you lot. And I, I've kind of been wondering, have the problems this season really been down to the fact that you had to let uh, Henderson go back to United? I mean, at first I thought that was going to uh, cost us a lot. Obviously, Dean Henderson is uh, an absolutely fantastic goalkeeper. Personally, I'd be starting him over. I think the Hayers felt the pressure and picked his performance up a little bit this season. Um Dean Henderson was phenomenal for uh, for us. He was instrumental in our promotion to the Premier League. I didn't think we'd have him again. We were very lucky to get him back on loan last season. Last season he was monumental, abs- you know, absolutely incredible once again. One key mistake I can remember, a couple here and there, but some incredible saves and we wouldn't have finished in the top ten without him. However, I don't I think the downgrade in our form this season, yeah, we've got Aaron Ramsdale who uh, granted he isn't as good as Dean Henderson. But he's not much. I wouldn't say he's too far below either. I think he's a very good, uh, a very good substitute. Um, he was much more affordable. The other massive uh, positive to Ramsdale is that we actually own him. I think if we were going to have Dean Henderson again this season, it would be on loan, and I think we'd be paying in the range of a hundred thousand pound, hundred thousand pounds a week just for a loan goalkeeper. Wow. Ramsdale won't be on anywhere near a hundred grand a week, and we actually own him. Um, he's just been called up to the England under-23s, I believe, alongside Rian Brewster. He's still a good youth prospect. Yeah, granted, he's not as good as Dean Henderson, but he's still a very good young goalkeeper. Um, he's great pulled save. off some great saves. Yeah, great saves, we yeah. could have we could have lost by three or four um, against against Chelsea. Uh, no, against Chelsea. Sorry, against Man City. Sorry. Um, in some other games, he's pulled off some great saves. And he, to be honest, he's, I was speaking to. Um, Sheffield United fan yesterday and we were talking through like the better performances and I said he's probably been one of our better performers so far. Um, I think the main thing that's cost us this season is, um, you know, I think the magic that got us here, which I think has been provided, seems seemingly provided by the fans. We've not adapted to that. We've really poorly, you know, missing the fans like a hole in the head more than most teams were really that, haven't that, adapted to that that's a re- I mean Ben that's a really good point actually and I think it's I think actually funnily enough the media are now beginning to take notice of that and what they've been saying is actually for uh I mean I be careful how I say this but if if you think you know like the smaller clubs if you like you know I wouldn't call Sheffield United particularly a small club but they you lot make an absolute racket yeah uh, you know you you're not you're not full of corporate people you know and no. all of that it's proper Died in the wall, Sheffield United fans at Bramall Lane, and you, you, yeah, you get behind the team, and I think, yeah. I think you're right. I think that's made a, a real, or had a real impact for teams like Sheffield United. Listen, I mean, I, I used to do a radio show with a lovely guy called um, Paul Mortimer, who used to play with Chris Wilder, I think, back in the day, and he yeah. used to always speak really, really highly of, of uh, Chris Wilder as a manager and he used to say it to me all the time every week he said don't worry Chish, this guy he knows what he's doing he's really clever and you know the thing about United that always really intrigued me was that that he you know okay the foundation was a good defense but they've got some good players going forward but actually this whole idea with the tactics that he would change and the the, the roving the roving centre-backs and all of that 
Now, yeah. do you think you've been found out a little bit this season? And what do you think Chris Wilder can do to turn it around? Well, you mentioned um, about what's going wrong this season. You mentioned our uh, overlapping centre-backs. Well, really, we've lost the poster boy for that. Jack O'Connell, mm. uh, the left centre-back. It was the, Our overlapping centre-backs, you know, the pillars are Jack O'Connell himself and Chris Basham. Chris Basham, uh, Mr. Reliable, once again has been one of the better players, or even in our darkest times in League One. Chris Basham was one of the few shining stars in an otherwise dark and dingy affair. But Jack O'Connell, a monumental player for us, a uh, great defender, picks the ball up, just runs with it. Um, similar to how Harry Maguire used to do for us in League One. Um, you know, he's not the best with his feet, but he's surprisingly nimble uh, given his sheer size. And that that overlap in, in centre-back in Jack O'Connell, he, you know, he'd, um, he combined with Ender Stevens, our left wing-back, on that left flank, um, alongside John Fleck, who's also still injured at the minute. Uh, Ender Stevens, he's in the frame, but he's nowhere near as good as he was before lockdown. So we've got, out of that like diamond three on the left that was um, monumental to our, you know, and so crucial to our success in uh, cutting teams open down the flanks, we've got John Fleck still injured, Jack O'Connell out for the season. Uh, like Chris, I think Chris Wilder said, and I, I really believe uh, believe him with this, I strongly agree with him, is that Jack O'Connell being out for us is a greater loss than Van Dyke being out for Liverpool. Wow. And I really think it is, because for me, Van Dyke, He's a brilliant, yeah. He's probably the world's best defender. We'll give him that. You know, I'm not taking that away from him. But Liverpool have other players that you know carry the ball forward. Whereas we've seen with Sheffield United this season, without Jack O'Connell, it, it's just like we we just seem really toothless. And it sounds daft saying that when you've lost a centre back out for the season, but we just haven't got the um, any decent replacement. Um, you know, another centre back that's just going to come in, pick that ball up, string some passes together with our wing back. Um, our wing back that now has to sometimes play as a uh, centre half because of the omission of Jack O'Connell. So we're missing that di- that brilliant wing back in Ender Stevens because he's having to move back to centre back. That's costing us a big time. So I think have we been found out? Perhaps, but we're missing. Well, I almost say no because it's not the Sheffield United that we were. So that Sheffield United of last season hasn't been found out because we aren't that team. We've got John Fleck out. We've got Jack O'Connell out. Um, I'd say the most dynamic um, and I suppose like striker with the most finesse and flair from last season, Elise Mousset, he's also out. So we just seem pretty toothless and basically large parts of the spine of that team. John Fleck, Jack O'Connell, brilliant players, but also players that have been with us from League One. So understand this club and what it means you know they've been on the they've they've been on the same journey with us. They know the DNA of the club. Um, you know they're probably they're practically Blades fans now. Even though one's probably one's a Liverpool fan and one's a Rangers fan. You know they're as much a Blade as they are anything else. And that spine that's carried us from the depths of League One to playing play you know playing at places like Stamford Bridge. You know it's taken a we've had a, a you know miss, taken a hammer it? blow yeah, this season. Well, I mean, so can I ask about yeah. Ampadu? Is that a good time to ask about Ampadu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's... How's, how's he fitting in? So, first of all, he started out, we started playing him um, as a centre-back because um, I think he played in the cup game against Burnley, I believe. Um, and then John Egan got sent off, wrongly in my decision, against Aston Villa, which provided a great opportunity for Ampadu to step into the uh, central centre-back uh, position where Egan plays. And um, I think he's, he was, I thought he was pretty decent in that area. Um, you know, he was great at headed, well, his headed, his headed clearances were fine, 
But then the the game against Leeds, he had to mark Patrick Bamford. And the thing is, Bamford's great in the air. He's taller than Ampadu. And Ampadu didn't have the height or the jump on him to deal with him. Then against Liverpool, we moved him into centre mid. And he linked up brilliantly with Sander Berger. I think we played Ampadu a slightly more as a, maybe like a CDM holding midfielder kind that's of it, player. That's his I best think. position, Ben. Yeah. And he linked up brilliantly with a... Uh, our Norwegian lad Sander Berger, and he was a uh, really good. That's that's honest. That's been our best game of the season, Liverpool away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we lost two one, but that was our most positive performance. I think it's the only time we've taken the lead in a game away at Anfield of all, all places. But yeah, he was really good that game, and I think yeah, Blades fans are starting to take to him, and we know that we've got a good versatile player that can go, go into defence uh, when needed. He's brilliant in midfield because midfield's a bit. A bit patchy at the minute, you know. Like we're still waiting on John Fleck to get back to full fitness. We've got John Lundstrom, who's already said I'm leaving in January, so that's a bit ropey. So I think someone like him is a. I think he's proven. Yeah, it's not been a rough start, but I think it would have been much worse without him. I think he's proved quite an asset so far. And like I said, in 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 centre mid, um, he was brilliant. Um, yeah. you know, at Anfield, he's a good player. We love him, and I hope he gets a really good run on your side because we need him to. Yeah. We need him to find his feet because I think there's a role for him at Stamford Bridge, hopefully. Um, okay, how how do you think you're going to approach it tomorrow? Because, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think I think you've been unlucky this season, you know. I mean, you, you're right. You were very unlucky against Liverpool uh, and, and City, for that matter. You know, two very tough, yeah. tough games. But I, I think you gave a very good account of yourself. So I'll be intrigued as to how you might approach it tomorrow. Have, have you got any idea? Well, I think for me, those games, um, it ha- in terms of how I felt watching it as a Blades fan, uh, were like worlds apart. The Liverpool game, even though we lost both games by one to both very good teams, the Liverpool game, I think, was the first time and perhaps the only time this season um, I've actually enjoyed watching Sheffield United. Um, the first full game I've actually enjoyed watching. You know, we were really positive. You know, it's it's the, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a weak in Liverpool side, but it was basically Liverpool's strongest 11, Bob Van Dyke. It was a very strong Liverpool side. Away at Anfield, not that that means much anymore because no one's there. And, you know, we for the first time this season, we actually attacked the game really positively. I remember watching the start of that game and you've probably seen it with your own team where if, say, if you've got an important game, it might be a cup final, uh, Champions League uh, group stage, crucial game. Um, and, you know, you might be one down chasing the game. And you only start playing really, really well in the last ten minutes of the game. And you're thinking, why didn't we play out this earlier? <laughs> the start of that, the start of that Liverpool problem, game. I think. Yeah, yeah. The start of that Liverpool game looked like we were chasing a one a goal lead in the last ten minutes of a cup final. I was like, yeah, we're really, really up for this today. Like, you know, we're not phased by how good the opposition are. We were away from home, and we were really, you know, we were causing Liverpool some like actual problems in defence and starting to play like we did last season and, you know, not fearing the opposition, not paying respect to the badge or the name on the back and just, you know, going, yeah, this is Chef, this is us, we're Chef United, we're going to bring the game to you, you know, see what you can, if you can deal with us. Yeah, I, I... And we were played really, really well. Took the lead. Man City game, however, it was, it was depressing to watch for me. It looked like I was sat watching that game waiting for us to concede, which sounds really negative and pessimistic, but, it looked like the players were doing the same thing. Like Chris Wilder said, I know a lot of men managed to say, yeah, we go out to win every game. And sometimes I think, yeah, that's just just a soundbite. But when Chris Wilder said it several times, I thought, yeah, you really mean that. But that game against Man City, we didn't go out to win that. We went out 
to draw nil-nil. Yeah. And it, we were just sat there waiting to concede. We looked absolutely spineless. We looked, we, we looked like, we, like I said, that, you know, I mentioned about Liverpool, you know, we didn't care about, we were playing Liverpool or we were going against some of the best players, some of them the best in the world right now. We just went for it. We just really went for it and gave a brilliant account of ourselves. The Man City game was just, it was depressing to watch. It, yeah. it was just really sad. It was to, like, we've not even given him a yeah, go. I mean, it. to be fair, Ben, I mean, it, it can be like that playing against Man City. And I, I speak as a Chelsea fan here, you know, sometimes they can, they can make you look stupid. They can keep them. I've watched a bit of the game, funnily enough. So, you know, I, I saw that. Yeah. And, you know, I know it was only one nil, but it could have been a lot more. But uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. You know, you don't you don't get done a lot, or you certainly haven't been this season. It's all be, it's either been you know one nil or two one. I mean, it's 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 by the odd yeah. goal, which tells me that that she- I mean, you know, we've been saying it all week. Frank said it in the press today. You know, Sheffield United are certainly not to be underestimated, and I think you're going to be a real tough nut to crack tomorrow. I hope so. Yeah. Well, go on. Give me a prediction. How do you think it's going to go for you? Oh, I mean, I'm always pessimistic. I I think you'll just win two nil. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a better performance than Man City because I don't think it can be worse in terms of our attitude and how negative we were in our approach. I I pray to God we aren't as negative tomorrow. You know, hopefully it's a a, a, a performance that mirrors mirrors the one against Liverpool. I think if we play like that, we could get something. Uh, the thing is with Chelsea, I don't know what to expect because I think you've got. Uh, I think you're brilliant going forward, but I think defensively you are a bit suspect at times. I'm hoping that Kepa's in net. I think <laughs> not happening, not happening. No. No. <laughs> I, I really hope he's in net. Um, you know, and I think that you know there's been times this season where your your defence has been, like you said, your strike force has been brilliant, but your defence has been rather suspect. I think the game against Southampton. Showed both sides of that coin. No, it's all um, changed now. We've got, changed. Mendy, we've got Mendy and Silver, Ben. It's Mendy all changed. Mendy and Silver. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'm hoping Kurt Zuma's back for another own goal. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you what, he's okay and he's better when Silver's playing. But I have, I, I, you know, he's good in the air. And he's good physical presence, and you need that. But I, I still, I worry about the ricks that he makes. So if there is a vulnerability, if there's a chink in our armor, I think you're yeah. right. It's, it's there. Now, listen, mate. It's been brilliant having you on. You've been you've been absolutely fantastic. So knowledgeable about about your own side, giving us a real education, actually. Now, we we all love songs. Well, Jonathan, maybe not so much because you know he has to protect his voice. But we love songs, <laughs> and, and 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 you know, contrary to popular opinion, Ben, Chelsea actually have a huge array of songs. People just think that all we do is go Chelsea, 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 but we don't. But I have to hold my hand up here. Because anybody who knows football knows that Sheffield United have the best song ever, right? Which we is do. the yeah, the greasy chip butty song. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't force you to do this, but if you could give us a rendition of the greasy chip butty song, you would have made my week. I tell you what, shall I even get John Denver in the background <laughs> If you want, yes. <laughs> Let's see if I can get it going. To sing sing together, me and John, we go back a long time. We don't know the song, so you're on your own with this, with John Denver anyway. Here we go. <laughs> Bramble Lane, packed house, under the lights. You fill up my senses Like a gallon of magnets like a packet of wood vines, like a good pinch of snuff, <laughs> like a night out in Sheffield, like a greasy chip butty. 
like Sheffield United. Come fill me again. Brilliant. Na, 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 na. Ooh, <laughs> Ben, brilliant. That, that's an brilliant, that is, brilliant, I tell you brilliant. what, mate, that's a first on the Chelsea fan cast, but I have to say, well worth it. I, I just, any, any, I mean, you know, we've got, some, we sing a song about salary for Christ's sake. So, you I've know, heard that one. That's yeah. But I mean, anybody who can make a song up with a greasy chip butty in it gets my vote. That's well. Mate, you've been brilliant tonight. I really, Thank really you appreciate much. you coming along. I, I wish you all the best for tomorrow as long as we win, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but I hope I hope you stay up because I, I, there's a lot to like about United. And I partic- I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Chris Wilder. I think he's a, yeah, he's a good yeah. English manager and we need that. So good luck with the rest and of the season. It has to be said that Bramall Lane's one of the best away yeah, grounds totally. you can go to. It's fantastic. I'm so old. I watched the cricket there. Yeah. <laughs> He was there when you were formed, Ben. You know, he's that yeah, old. I was, I was. I was here when I was here when Chelsea were formed as well. Um, I see you're, you're a guitarist. You're a, you're a guitarist as well. I've just looked you up on uh, on uh, Twitter. Is that right? You're in a band. Yeah, yeah. I used to play in a Beatles tribute band. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you got the Beatles out. Good for you. Fantastic. Yeah, Brilliant. Ben, we're gonna I've just let... followed you. I've just followed yeah, you. He'll stalk oh, you now, but you know, you yeah, just just block him if he gets out of order. You know. Anyway, <laughs> Ben, it's been brilliant, brilliant to see you. Thanks so much for coming on. As I said, good luck with the rest of the season, and uh, hope hopefully we'll see you later on in the season. You never know. Hopefully, hopefully, brilliant. If you're not already automatically relegated by. <laughs> I'm sure you won't be. I'm sure you won't be. Great stuff. There we go, Ben, the traveling blade. He's Cheers, guys. At traveling at traveling brilliant. blade on brilliant. Twitter. So there you go. Now we're brilliant. gonna. We're going to carry on uh, with the rest of our little preview right after this break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, with me, Stanford Chidge, him, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, Whoop. him, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Hello. And there you go. Uh, and, and what a lot of fun that was. We just had the lovely Ben, uh, the Travelling Blade, who's a Sheffield United Fantastic. fan. Fantastic. And I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm just so glad he sang the Chip Butty song. I, I, I do love that, I have to say. But there you go. Uh, right, now it's our turn to really uh, dish out what we, uh, what we think about uh, what's going to happen with the game tomorrow. Um, I mean, what do we know? We know Havertz is going to be out. We know Pulisic is going to be out. Uh, so I think the, the first question, Clayton, is who... I mean, is he going to do what he did against Wren? Do you think he's going to bring Jorginho in with... You know, play the 4-3-3, but with Kante, Jorginho and Mount? Or will he go Kovacic? Or will he just do something different entirely? Uh, I think because there's an international break coming up, I think that he will basically pick the same team. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Um and I can't see any reason why not to. I can't see what I'd change from that. Um, possibly Callum Hudson-Odoi, Thor Ziyech maybe, I don't know. But no, I, I, I think he's going to go with with, um, with what's been working, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's just, it's one of those games, isn't it? I'm going to say it. I know everybody's thinking it. I'm going to say it. Six clean sheets, 
X number of wins on the bounce, playing a team who's got one point, have had 10 shots on target in seven games, including two penalties. It's nailed on. We're going to lose, isn't it? <laughs> you miserable old git. You miserable old git. You old curmudgeon. I tell you what, though. I tell you what I will say, Clayton. You know, that would be proper Chelsea. Though, yeah, I mean, it? it would be. It would also be proper Chelsea for Rian Brewster to score. So put put money on that happening. And McGoldrick. Did he used to play for us? No, no but he it was it wasn't it the, the, when we got hammered last season. You know, yeah. he hadn't scored for about yeah. twenty five yeah. years. That's right. I, I have I have predicted, and I'll get onto this in a minute. Our Prem Predictions League, but I have actually, and I'll get, I'll get my prediction out of the way now. I predicted two one to us because I think it's going to be tough, and I just have a feeling that the uh, the goalless streak, uh, you know, the the clean sheet streak will will finish. But uh, going back to team selection. I think I think Clayton's got a point there. I, I think I think Frank genuinely wants to try and get some stability and get a settled side. And you know we we have seen actually there is a pattern here. You know there is history here. I think when what we've seen with Frank is that if, if he finds something that works and 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 a, and a team selection that works, he will try and stick with it for as long as he can. I think the the sad thing is because people kind of berate him a bit saying oh don't don't know his best teams always change the formation I think actually if you look back at what's happened since Frank's been in charge we've been played with injury so it's been really hard for him to actually put a really settled team and a settled formation together for a long period of time I think uh, today's be, a proof be, in point isn't it because Havertz is out it'd be foolish to change it because it, it's worked so well and as you say there's the uh, international break and I think he'll persist and I think he'll play the same side I think in uh, what I found disturbing was the more substitutes he did in the Champions League game, the more that Wren came into it. Wonder why and, that was. And um, uh, well, obviously because they were they were three 0 up Chelsea, but at the same time, uh, um, it, it's there isn't the fluency, particularly if they're sitting back and defending it. I, I I like the I like the way we get forward with this setup. Um, and obviously, Silver there was what Silver wasn't there to give this the balance. I'm not a fan of Rudiger and Zuma together, and I think. I think actually, Clayton, we we get it. We, the aim is to get us towards two two great players in the same position. But I don't think I think at the moment, for example, um, uh, Adoy has to prove himself more. I've talked about this. You know, we want him to do really well, but bringing him on towards the end, it isn't the same. In, there's not the same incisiveness as having Zayec on, um, obviously, because Zayec is so much more confident and. Uh, um, and it, it and bringing Emerson on as well just scares me, and I don't understand what's happened to Alonso. Well, perhaps he's a better defender, as we've established. And if they are defending for the last few minutes, but we seem to be very vulnerable if there are about five changes. Um, and I know they have to do it because they're worried about. Well, in this instance, he won't have to do it as much because there's going to be a break. But they are trying to give everybody a go. And in fact, isn't it? There are there are people pushing to have the five substitutes again, just because of the number of games being played is putting so much pressure on the players and um, the players' fitness. But I'm I agree with you completely. He'll uh, he'll play the same side, and I think it'll be Jorginho. Yeah, I think there might be one change actually, because we do know, don't we, from last week that um, had Pulisic not excuse me, had Pulisic not got injured in the warm up, um, then Werner would have been rested. And I, I, I'm, I wonder if he might actually, you know, use this as an opportunity to rest Werner and play. We won't win, then. We won't win if he does. Well, well, play. all right, all right. Keep your knickers on. But I mean, I, I, I just off. my knickers were off. Well, you don't probably wear them anyway, so it's a bit of a false. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I'm very, very clean. Yes, you're commando again. But um, 
yeah, put it away, JK. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I just think he might because, you know, Werner, I think he thinks, I mean, you know, if he felt he needed a rest last weekend and then he had to play him against Burnley and he had to play him against uh, Wren, uh, you know, he clearly thinks he needs a rest. So maybe he will. And if he does that, you know, given that Havertz is also not playing, I think the ob- and, he, and that he wants to play 4-3-3, the obvious thing is, is to bring Hudson-Odoi in. And I think, why not? You know, Hudson-Odoi needs to, to get a run to see if he can do it, because at the moment he hasn't really proved it. No, I, well, I, I don't disagree. I, I think he has been slightly disappointing, but I think it's a mental thing with him. I don't know whether he's he's concerned about the injury. Um, I don't know whether it's just a, a lack of confidence, but it, he should look, he should just, you know, turn around in the dressing room and look at... Um, Tammy Abrahams, you know Tammy Abrahams. We brought in Werner, and he's upped his game. Yeah. Um, you know, you look. We brought in Ziyech, and you can't say that Callum's upped his game. Um, mm. The times that he's been on the pitch, he's been relatively disappointing. Um, but he, he's. I think he's a player who who needs to play, yeah. and he's not going to. And I think if you're going to be a truly great player, you've basically got to be able to come on and turn it on. That being said, he came on on Wednesday night. He put in the most beautiful cross um, for Giroud, who should have scored. And then you would have said, well, you know, great cross, that's an assist. So I think it's, you know, we we can be a little bit too harsh sometimes. I mean, I agree with Jonathan. I, I think the substitutions just killed the game. Well, apart from the sending off killed the game. The substitutions just killed us. I mean, it was like, but, but on the basis that you are changing half of your team, for 30 minutes it's not gonna it's not gonna do anything but that totally agree with that I mean personally I I I would have no problem in Hudson-Odoi starting and and I really I would love to see him start because I would I really want him you know one thing is wanting somebody to to be successful but you know he's not going to be successful from the bench that's for sure and I think we need to find out about him you know, and and I mean, you know, I don't know if any of you saw the the, the clips on Twitter. To the, uh, I think it was this week, sometime of of him training. You know, we we don't see what's going on on training, and of course, that's the huge difficulty that we have. You know, we're kind of, you know, barking into the ether, aren't we? A bit, but I'd I'd love to see him given a go. You know, let's 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 see what he can do. Um, right before we, I'm just to let you know, uh, we, I'm I'm going to talk about the Premier League predictions in a minute, and also I'm going to announce our competition winner for the. Uh, when skies are grey book uh, kindly uh, well donated by me because i bought two stupidly rather than one but um <laughs> dope. but uh before we do that we need to get these boys predictions uh clayton what are you going for uh one nil sheffield united no 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 <laughs> no 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 i i don't i can't well, I, you, you I, can I, have I, that if you want you can have that if no you want. i don't i don't want that because that as you say that's a ridiculous thing on a, on a chelsea uh podcast no i i think it's going to be quite tight i mean on the basis of their results against liverpool and manchester city um i i think it's going to be the odd goal uh and i i'll go one nil yeah, I think to it's us, good. Yeah. Not them. I mean, as as you know, I said two one a minute ago. I, I think it's going to be tight, and much as I'd love us to, to Mendy to break that uh, six uh, clean sheet record, I, I you know, as as you were saying earlier, Clayton, records, you just know you get that sixth sense, don't you? And I've got a sixth sense that we're going to concede tomorrow. J.K., what say you, Monbrave? Uh It depends on selection. If um, if he doesn't pick Werner, who is the best player. Um, and is phenomenal, and I love him. And even when he's not very good, he still scores a terrific goal. 
um, which is to me sign of a, a top player. And I love his movement, and he's so exciting. And I love watching exciting Chelsea players, uh, particularly forwards. If he plays, we're going to win. We'll, we'll win three nil. Um, if he plays a doy, it'll be one all or something. So uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it going to be then? One all. One all. So you no, think... no, 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 it's dependent on that. If he plays Werner, it's 3-0. So, all right, it's 3-0 then. But it won't be if he doesn't play Werner. I like it. Okay. What, what have you put in your print predictions, League? 3-0. Okay. So, it's 3-0 then. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Because I've, I've, I'm beginning to learn this. If I, if I, because we did the print predictions earlier, because we've got a Friday kickoff. I did go 2-1 in the print predictions. So, I've, I'm going to try and be re- religiously stick to that. So, there you go. I'm happy to yeah. do that. You know, if yeah. if I've made an ass of myself in the prem predictions, I have to follow through and make an ass of my. There's a bit of a pun in that. But I have to follow through and make an ass of myself in the Chelsea fan cast. It's only. Fair. I, I think we're dependent on selection. I just think if, yeah. um, as always, yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah, I, I, I think we've got a, we've got a way to go before we become um, uh, as top banana as we were ten yeah. years ago. Yeah, but nonetheless, it, this is this is positive signs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, now, I wish I could say positive signs about ye old uh, Premier League predictions, league the Prem predictions, um, but I am I am eating this week. I've got last week's results in front of me, J.K., and I am eating a massive, a massive, massive, probably the biggest humble pie you've ever seen in your life, topped with the cream of Schadenfreude. It's, I mean. Because I did all right the week before, finally, crept up the table, got, got as high as 10th, didn't I? Yeah. This week, right, out of the 31 of us in this league, I am the only one, the only one to register negative points. I noticed. I That's noticed. how utter shit I was last week. Because I did better. And I not, not that I've advanced, but I'm now only minus 12. I know. You are still propping up the table. I am a minus twelve. You're being kept company as ever by the Reverend Tony Glover, who's on thirty. Uh, I've slipped back down to twenty fourth, as I said, having got minus fifty one last week. And as I said, I think the the biggest shame is that I'm the only one who got minus points. I mean, that's how shocking my performance was. Um, just to let you know, the other fan casters, uh, Dane, the lovely Dane, is in twenty seventh. Uh, I'm twenty fourth. Mark Meehan's nineteenth, and uh, Martin Wickham and Marco are. Well, Martin is 13th, Marco is 12th. So Marco is top of the Chelsea fancast pops. Uh, but uh, Joe Mingola is still at the lead, although Joe Joe had a poor week by his standards. He only got 57 points. Um, but uh, I, m- most people had a really good week last week. Uh, I think the root of my downfall was the fact I tried to be far too bloody clever, JK. You know, I was looking about, you know, the underdog games you get. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I basically decided that all the underdogs are going to win, and then I'd get all these points. I got greedy. Yeah. I got greedy, yeah. mate. Well, the trouble is, I, I unfortunately my prejudices get in the way. <laughs> so, so Spurs I, never win. No, neither do Leeds. <laughs> no, exactly. Never, never. I won't have it. I won't have. I won't ever prophesy. I won't have it. No, I won't have it. No. So they always lose. So I already know that fifty percent. Well, I don't know how part of the season Fulham will always lose, but then. Um, I, I wouldn't mind if they did okay, actually. I quite like them, but yeah. they're not very good. So uh, I'm a bit consistent with my prejudices. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Well, I, I've I've been much more sensible this week and tried to play it properly. But the real winner this week, in terms of who got the most points out of anybody in our league, I'm absolutely absolutely delighted to say this. It's the lovely Russ Saunders, uh, who's the head of the uh, Melbourne Chelsea Supporters Club. 
Uh, Russ, you absolute diamond. He's he, He's been having a, a really poor run of form and he's now rocketed up to 16th with 186 points. So he was the performance of the week, Mr. Russ Saunders. So well done, Russ. Right, everybody who does the league with us, I hope you've all filled your stuff in. If you haven't, you've screwed it because it all kicked off at half five. Uh, but uh, good luck this weekend and uh, I will be reporting back on it this time next week. Now, we have one more thing to do. Uh, JK, before we go tonight, if you remember um, last week's show, uh, we had Marco on. And as I said, I I mistakenly bought an additional copy of his great book, When Skies Are Grey. And uh, we decided to give it away uh, as a a competition. Uh, And Marco phrased the question, which was, uh, Pulisic scored a a perfect hat-trick against Burnley last season. And what order did he score it? And I think it was left, right, head. Uh, but anyway, whatever it was, which I've now forgotten, uh, we did have a lot of entries and they were all right. And I have Clayton. I'm going to get Clayton to choose. I've got uh, four numbers here, one, two, three and four. So if you give me a number, either one, two, three or four, we will announce the well, winner. Uh, obviously, being a goalie, it has to be number one. Well, there you go. Mr. Nate Piercentino is the winner of the Mark Worrell When Skies Are Grey book. There you go. Whoop, 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 whoop. Well done, Nate. Uh, now, that's an interesting point, actually, because Nate's in our Discord group, uh, which uh, is open to our Patreon members uh, and uh, and anybody who plays the Prem Predictions Green. So I shall, I shall let Nate know in a minute on the Discord group. But well done, Nate. Uh, I've got your address somewhere, so I'll, I'll, I'll wing it uh, over to you when I'm able to, because I might not be able to get to a post office for a month because everything's been locked down again over here. But well done. I'll get it to you soon. Hopefully we'll have another competition. Actually, you know what we do? We do. I wonder if I should do it now. Yes, I, sh- I think I will. If one of you can come up with a question, right? I've got a spare copy of Walter's book, uh, Let the Celery Decide. Okay? okay, I've got a question. Which is a great, 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 great book. Do you want my question? So have you seen this, by the way? I got that with my copy. You see that? <laughs> it's a sticker. That's, yeah, stickers. I'm keeping that. They're not getting that. <laughs> so uh, give, me, give me a question for this. Okay, so my first game, my first ever Chelsea game, was in 1967, away to Spurs, and something historic happened in that game. A record was set, which is still a record to this day. I know the answer to that. Yeah, it's probably because I've I've said it before. I don't know. Um, Tim Rolls told me. Okay, well, that, that, that that was my first ever game. Record was set. What is it? It still is um, a record today. Okay, so there we go. If you know the answer... I'm going to say as a bonus, my question is, what game did I make my debut as Stamford? You don't even know that. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to make up the game that uh, Jonathan David is at Stamford, we'll we'll give you him as a prize. How about that? Yeah, we love it. Personal appearance post COVID. Oh, uh, brilliant. Listen, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, re, I'm going to reiterate uh, the question that Clayton asked. Now, this is to win a copy of the wonderful Mark, uh, uh, the wonderful Walter Osson book, "Let the Salary Decide," which is Walter's tale of uh, uh, the uh, the 2012 Champions League campaign, the games against Barcelona in the, in the Camp Nou, and the final in Munich. It's brilliant. I've read it. I've reviewed it. You know, we had that interview with Walter. If you haven't heard it, go and check it out. It's on wherever you get your Chelsea Fancast podcast. It'll be there. Uh, And the question is, Clayton's first game, uh, first ever game where he watched Chelsea was away to Spurs in 1967. 
and something happened that day which established or set a record which still stands today you need to tell us what that was and if you get it right and i know the answer so i don't have to kind of google it for once um you will win a copy of this book so all you have to do email chelsea fancast at gmail.com or tweet us at chelsea fancast or if you're in the discord group just let me know on there and we'll announce the winner next week look forward to it right that is all we've got time for this week um how are you watching the game? I mean, it's on the telly tomorrow, isn't it, chaps? On on yeah, not normal telly, not not stream version, but uh, no. Yeah, well, enjoy the game, boys. Uh, and Jonathan, enjoy the game. We'll do. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too, actually. And uh, uh, we will reconvene on Monday. I do believe that it's uh, you, me, Mark, Mian, and Dean on Monday. I think. So there we go. I will look forward to that. Uh, we'll see. I'll see you then. See Clayton very soon. I hope. Stay safe. Uh, all the people in Mixer. Lovely to see you all in here as always. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy the match tomorrow. And hope we get three points. In the meantime, uh, thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue. Keep it carefree. And keep it chels. Up the chels. Podcasts, die wir lieben. Es ist nicht alles gay, was glänzt. Oder doch? Das klären wir jetzt in Busenfreundin, der Podcast. Hey Leute, mein Name ist Ricarda. Ich bin Comedy-Autorin und die Stimme des LGBTIQ-Podcasts Busenfreundin. Und ich treffe jede Woche spannende Menschen und spreche mit ihnen über alles, was die queere Szene bewegt. Bei Busenfreundin gibt es Unterhaltung gepaart mit Haltung. Oft. Also nicht immer. Denn manchmal schweife ich auch ab, zum Beispiel mit Leuten wie Riccardo Simonetti, Sarah Kuttner und vielen, vielen mehr. Also schaltet jetzt ein zu Busenfreundin, eurem Lieblings-LGBTIQ-Infotainment-Podcast. Bei Acast finden die besten Podcasts aus aller Welt ein Zuhause. Abonniere diese Show oder finde weitere spannende Podcasts bei Acast oder wo immer du Podcasts hörst. 